The coronavirus pandemic is here and we'll help guide you through it. The news about COVID-19 is changing daily. Keeping you up to date each morning with developments, this podcast will give you our latest news and some ideas of what to expect moving forward. Daily at herald-review.com. Good morning, everyone. This is Allison Petty, the local news editor with the Herald and Review, and this is your daily coronavirus update for Tuesday. I hope you're all doing well. Yesterday, Decatur got some stepped-up assistance for Fairhaven Senior Living, plus we had some local government developments that I will go over later in the podcast. Of course, you can read all of the stories I mentioned, plus much more, at herald-review.com or in our print editions. Today's resource highlight is coming to us from the Economic Development Corporation of Decatur, Macon County, and it is specifically for small business owners. A new $5,000 grant is being introduced by the Save Small Business Fund, which is administered by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation. Each grant must be applied toward business expenses, and there will be a follow-up survey to all recipients to learn how it was spent and the impact that it made. To qualify, you must employ between 3 and 20 people and be located in an economically vulnerable community. Some, but not all, zip codes in Macon County will qualify for this. To check whether you meet the requirements and proceed to the next step, visit savesmallbusiness.com. Now, on to local news. As I mentioned, there was some good news on Monday as the Illinois Department of Public Health delivered 300 test kits for COVID-19 to Fairhaven Senior Living. That's enough to test all of the residents and staff, but the Macon County Health Department says that not all of those test kits will be used because some residents and staff had been tested previously. A total of 36 cases of COVID-19 have been associated with Fairhaven's and nine residents have died after testing positive for the virus. Officials say that testing everyone in the facility will allow for those patients who are not positive to be better isolated from those who do have the virus. It's important to keep in mind that not everyone who is carrying the virus shows symptoms, especially not at first, so that's why health officials say mass testing is so crucial. These tests arrived after the city and the county began asking last week for more assistance from IDPH, particularly with testing. There was also good news at the state level. Governor J.B. Pritzker said Monday that the spread of COVID-19 is showing signs of slowing down and that our curve is bending the right way, citing all the precautions and social distancing steps that the state has taken to this point. His comments came as the Illinois Department of Public Health reported 1,151 new cases of the disease and 59 virus-related deaths over the course of the previous 24 hours. That brings the statewide total to 31,508 confirmed cases and 1,349 deaths since the pandemic first appeared in Illinois in late January. Back to Macon County news, yesterday saw some action from local governments that are bracing for problems related to the coronavirus. So something to think about with this is that a lot of government funding comes from proceeds of sales tax when you buy things from cars and washing machines to clothes and groceries to quesadillas at Taco Bell. Much of that spending has stopped now and it'll take a few months before governments will really be able to see how their revenue has been affected but they do know that obviously there will be losses 
because people are not and cannot buy as many things as they normally would. The county government is looking at ways to reduce its budget and is asking department heads to come up with cuts to their departments that would allow them to continue providing the services that are required by law. They're looking at this particularly in the form of temporary job furloughs for employees, and Tony Reed reported on the latest in those discussions yesterday. The cuts could be somewhere upward of 30% of the department's budget. Also yesterday, the Decatur City Council discussed its financial situation and anticipated losses. City Manager Scott Wrighton is planning to gather options for the council and present them at a study session in early May when we'll know whether the governor's stay-at-home order is extended. Something that's worth noting here is that while things are probably going to look somewhat bleak, Decatur is in a better financial position to weather an emergency than it was five years ago. At the end of 2015, city officials were saying that they had less than a million dollars in cash reserves, which was five days of operating expenses at the time. The council made it a stated goal to grow those reserves, and now they have $9.7 million on hand, or 51 days of expenses. We'll continue to follow the developments with both the city council and the county board going forward. Finally, I just want to share a message from the health department. This comes from Marissa Hosier, who is the Director of Health Promotion and Public Relations, and whose name I hope I am saying correctly. It is in response to a question that we sent her yesterday. So as a reminder, once a person tests positive for COVID-19, the health department traces all of the person's direct contacts and notifies those people. One of the questions that we keep getting from readers on Facebook is how many people have been notified specifically related to the Fair Havens cases. The answer is that the health department does not report or release the specific number, but more than that, Hozier said she wanted to underscore a few points, and so I'm going to quote her directly now on those. One, there are cases in the community and not just Fair Havens. Two, not everyone that has COVID-19, and that includes symptomatic and asymptomatic people, is being tested and confirmed positive. Therefore, it gives a false sense of security for people to assume that only those confirmed positive and or their contacts are exposing others in the community. Three, if people are determined to be a contact of a confirmed case, they will be contacted by us. However, even if they are never contacted or aware that they've had direct contact with a confirmed case, they should assume that everyone, including themselves, has COVID-19. If operating under that assumption, they should be taking every proactive measure possible to limit spread. It is imperative that people behave as if anyone at any location they go, workplace, friend or family member's house, grocery store, hardware store, restaurant, etc., could potentially have COVID-19 and be spreading it even without symptoms. This is why it is so important for everyone to take proactive measures constantly and stay home as often as possible. Again, that was Marissa Hosier, the Director of Health Promotion and Public Relations for the County Health Department, answering a question that I sent her yesterday and that originated with readers on Facebook. That wraps up today's podcast. As always, if you are a Herald and Review subscriber, we are so grateful for your support. If you aren't, we would very much appreciate if you would consider supporting us. 
All of our coronavirus content online is free as a public service, but now more than ever, we need the community's support to sustain the important work that our local journalists are doing. Have a great day, everyone, and thanks for listening. Thank you.